I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. As you know, if you've been listening to us and if you're new, I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. And we're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing and selling your art. Today, we've got Georgie Pope here with us on the mic. Georgie is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to get the attention of collectors. I don't know about you, but that's a topic that we're all really excited to hear about. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you AVP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Georgie Pope and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Georgie Pope is the curator of independent collectors, the largest global guide to private collections of contemporary art, structured as a non-commercial 100% public platform. For the past six years, Georgie has worked as a supervisor and art mediator at the Boros Collection Bunker Berlin. Earlier this year, Georgie co-founded and launched a fresh initiative called The Fairest. The Fairest is a new art fair model to create exposure and direct market access for young, emerging, and independent artists, regardless of gallery representation or medium. The Ferris calls for more fluidity, experimentation, collaboration, and narratives in the art world. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Georgie. Thank you very much, and thanks so much for having me. The pleasure is all ours. And before we dive into our questions, I just want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. Mm -hmm. And that is, what is the earliest memory that you have of art? Okay, well, this is actually an incredible um, question and quite a beautiful moment to start with because here I am sitting doing this interview, being back in Australia and on our family farm for the first time in three years. And it's really crazy because this place is the foundation of my life. And now I find myself having lived in Berlin for 10 years um, and established myself in the international art world. So it's very meaningful to be back here where it all began. And my earliest memory of art is together with my siblings. Mum would let us paint our, our wooden deck, which we thought was so fun. Um, but what we used for paint was actually water. And we also had this little shed in our garden. And mum would set us up with these little uh, children's easels. And we would wear these red plastic smocks and just go crazy with painting huge sheets of white paper. So, of course, the paint ended up all over our hands and faces as well. 
That, that is such a charming story, and you've really painted a picture in my mind. I've never been to Australia, by the way, just caveat, and I'd love to go. Um, but I have this just picture in my mind right now that's so amazing. So I think that's a, such a charming story. Thank you for sharing that with You're us. You're welcome. So, Georgie, you work directly with collectors and collections as opposed to artists, which is a great perspective for our artists out there to just hear from the other side of, of the industry. What are three things an artist can do to be prepared for collectors? So definitely artists need to be well prepared in talking about their practice and know it inside and out and how to talk about your work. It's an immediate turnoff when artists can't talk about their work or express themselves. And I would also suggest to not start with how you do things, but why. So artists need to find the most interesting point and open with that. Engage collectors from the start. I think also artists can even have a well-practiced elevator type pitch up their sleeve and take things from there. And the second point, this is something that should be well ingrained as an industry standard, but it is not. <laughs> um, and that is do not send unsolicited emails to collectors <clears throat> Um, it's, it's just embarrassing to be contacted by artists who don't fit into your pro portfolio. Um, so artists need to do your research. And I repeat, do your research. Find an actual connection, invest time and work to see what the collector is interested in and find a personal approach. So I think it's important to be, to be self-critical and not to compare yourselves immediately with well-established or high-level artists or historical canons. Um, and I think to make the, the email personal is very important. You can even write a letter um, in some instances and connect the dots in a personal way. So create something really interesting. Collectors do have a specific taste. Just because they are a collector, it does not mean that they like all art. Um, and in fact, what they do like will actually be quite a small percentage of what is out there. Um, so I think it's almost like saying uh, to me coming from Australia, hey, you're from Australia, you must know um, this person that comes from Australia. This is simply not the case. And I think the third thing I would also recommend is to don't assume that the collector uses Instagram and don't rely on Instagram if you don't have a website. It's really important to have a digital package ready to send via a link to anyone who shows a certain interest. So this should include good images of your works, uh, showing the artwork in full and detail and also installation views. And the package can also include a short artist statement and bio or a CV and some specific lines about the, the work that you want to present. So just be selective about everything and you can always send more information if it's asked for. I love all of that. And there's so much good information. We always encourage the artists after listening to go back, listen to the episodes and take notes. I, I just want to underscore one thing that really popped out to me, Georgie, which is, you know, having done, I don't know, 13, 14 art fairs around the country uh, over the past six years and, and attended so many others and also collected in so many large settings, art fairs, galleries, and also virtually. Um, yeah, don't assume that a collector, whether it's like a capital C big time collector or just someone who loves art, like is going to collect your work because everyone has their own taste. The best you can do is really all the things that Georgie's telling you here, um, being prepared, but also like I've seen this thing happen where like at an art fair, 
someone who kind of fits the collector profile, like maybe they look a little look a little more affluent or whatever, mm-hmm. walks in the fair and all the artists like kind of gravitate or like think that person's going to buy their work. It's like they are not obligated to do that and they probably like, you know, they may love your work, but they may not. So yeah. really just understanding that everyone is going to have their own individual taste is so so important. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So Moving from there, and again, there's so much value in that last question. I would definitely encourage everyone to listen again. But moving to the next one, when should an artist start to consider their audience in their process, or if an artist should consider their audience in their process, and what does considering the audience look like? Yeah, so I don't think you can set it as a specific stage in the process or fit it into an equation. Um just make sure to keep the audience in mind. And I also think do not leave it right to the end. Um, it's audiences that consume the work after all, and not the artist. So be again, self-critical and try to envisage how various audiences can view your work. So do not make the mistake of assuming that only one type of audience will view your work or also consider non-art audiences. I think that's very important because you never know whose wall, space, or collection that work can end up in. Um, And again, coming back to collectors, some collectors, they want to be able to understand a work and get into the work themselves upon seeing it for the first time. So if it's too complex, they're turned off because they don't want to feel alienated. Um, Others, they want to be challenged, shocked, or confronted and experience a work which really does take them outside of what they know. So in order to learn and access something new, and I'm not saying that either of these access points is right or wrong or good or bad, um, but you do need to know your access point and own it. Never assume knowledge um, or certain awareness, and especially if it's a more underground or new contemporary phenomenon. Um, so when works are complex and conceptual and full of references, make sure you or the curator or gallerist activates that work or or exhibition with a text and communication to provide um, the understanding. And I also think don't overload things with the complex art speak. Yeah, I I really love that last bit. And I I interviewed someone pretty recently about a similar topic and we all concurred. It's like, you know, yeah, you can have like a a deep and complex meaning to your work. And of course you you very well may, right? But like, you know, someone is coming across you in a setting yeah, I mean, they're coming across you in a setting where they're seeing many other artists and, you know, whether that's, again, virtually or physically, like, you have to be able to sum it up in a way that anyone can grasp onto fairly quickly and have a pretty good understanding to the point where then their curiosity is peaked and they do want to learn more. But it's yeah. this overly, like, art speak kind of thing. I mean, you're going to lose them very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I love that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like, Coming back to the, or or to mention something about um, the Boris collection, as I do art mediation there, um, you you have to consider. I mean, this this is where I have experienced the most broad um, publics and audiences. Um, people come to that location because it is simply a bunker, or they have heard it used to be this famous um, sex and fetish nightclub in the 90s after the fall of the wall. So people come there. Honestly, it's happened that they arrive without knowing they're about to view art. And so suddenly you have people in front of you that you also 
need to engage and to also find something for them that they are going to walk away with that is interesting or opens their mind to, to questions. Yeah, I, I, I totally love that. And, and considering a non-art audience, and I mean, that's something with, you know, super fine art fair that we've really, really, you know, I would say succeeded in doing mm. is engaging an audience who may not have considered themselves art collectors. And in many cases would just say they are not art collectors mm. and turning them into them. So I think this, keeping that audience in mind is so important. Um, so what is artwork activation and art mediation and how can our listeners apply that to their own practice? So art mediation is essentially the, the middle person or device between an artwork and the audience um, to facilitate how that work and that artist's practice is communicated to the viewer. So art mediation gives an insight and offers an exchange to further dialogues. And I underscore it is an insight. Um, and so artwork activation is, is how artworks are, are brought to life in the exhibition. Um, I really prefer to see artworks not as objects, but as tools um, to trigger questions and emotions and dialogues to educate and, and inform and even offer experiences, rituals and transformations. Um, and I think in terms of artists applying activation and mediation to their own practice. Um, as I said earlier, you need to reflect on your access. So if your work is more complex or highly conceptual, make sure there is that exhibition text and, and read that um, uh, or have that for, for people to read and, and that also you have conversations about your work with the curator or gallerist or whoever is there at the space who will be speaking about your work on your behalf. So it's really important to have these conversations before the opening and be proactive about making those conversations happen if the curator doesn't or if the curator seems to not have time, just really insist on having these conversations. Um, I think you can also be... Um, a bit more playful or conceptual to convey the meaning of your work or the essence of it, if that is um, something which uh, fits into your practice. Um, and maybe there's even something quite direct to involve audience participation, again, if it is relevant to your practice. Um, and I think artists can even offer a time for a guided tour through the exhibition. Um, they can have someone record that with their phone um, and make it live even on Instagram so that it, it, it happens in that live format. And I think also don't forget the power of social media in this topic of art mediation and artwork activation. So really post about you, your, your work while you have an exhibition happening um, leading up to the opening, I think you can even make teasers of your artwork and give a glimpse, a sort of insider glimpse into your studio or your working process and really create that curiosity. So find a fine line and don't reveal things too much. Um, and I think um, Berlin-based artist Mariana Simnach is a, a great example of how to use your Instagram um, as a as a tool to, to activation and mediation. Um, and she was operating independently up until recently this year. 
So she was just doing everything herself and she's such a hard worker. And she, she uses her Instagram not only to share her artworks and her exhibition activities, but to also give this um, behind the scenes insight into her labor and processes. She promotes her website and her um, Patreon account. Um, and in general, she just puts things into context about who this artist is as a person. Um, and her account even became so valuable that it was hijacked by a Russian hacker. Um, but he was the one in the end who uh, oh ended gosh. up jacked as she refused to pay. Uh, so she opened a new account and just started again. But then after some conversations, he actually handed the original account back to her, but she just had to start again with a fresh blank feed. Um, so that was a, yeah, that was quite a laugh. Um, and I, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, she was really, uh, revealing this whole conversation between the, between the hacker and her. Um, so really don't underestimate the power of social media. Um, and I think lastly on this point of artwork activation, I think artists can also even consider production of a catalog at a certain point in their career. And if you aren't invited for this by a publishing house or an institution, um, I do realize it is something that costs money, but you can apply for grants or use funding specifically for a production of a catalog. So again, it's about being proactive about certain things as opposed to waiting for gallerists to come along. And then sending out a catalog to your collectors or a curator or gallerist who expressed interest is also a a great step to further get your foot in the door and naturally offer a greater un understanding surrounding your practice. I love that idea and couldn't agree more of just being proactive and not waiting around for a gallerist. I mean, that's something that, you know, since 2015, we started this, this fair yeah. has been like central to the core concept of it. Um, and you know, it's not to like eliminate the role of art galleries, which are still around. And we have, you know, certain clients who work with galleries and we have, we have certain galleries as clients, but, uh, but you know, these are often small businesses and small entrepreneurs as well. So like kind of waiting for someone, one of them to come and then like pay for the things you need and, and take initiative for the things you need to further your career can be a very long waiting game if you don't take the initiative first. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I appreciate you bringing that up, yeah. uh, Georgie. Yeah. And we're going to come right back and, and Georgie's going to tell you more of what you want to know about the private world of collectors and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. 
And we are back here with Georgie Pope on the Artist Business Plan. So Georgie, as a curator, what are three things that grabbed your eye when looking at a work artist or a collection? So number one for me, I'm, I'm going to continue on the, the collection topic. Um, number one is, is there some kind of focus or identity or character of the collection which establishes an integrity? Um, the second point is definitely quality versus quantity. Collecting should not be about amassing objects. And for number three, I do like to look at what kind of responsibilities or other kind of activities is that collector taking on. And of course, the more financial means you have, the more you can do. But even as a smaller scale and more private collector versus the big private institutions, you can still pursue certain responsibilities or actions like showing up to exhibitions of your artists or lending your works to curators when they write to you and ask. Um, you can even combine resources with other like-minded collectors and put on a, a collective exhibition where different collectors contribute works to that exhibition. Um, and in the very least, you can get in contact with us at Independent Collectors um, if you'd like to share your collection amongst our very diverse and expansive representation and have your um, online existence with our nonprofit 100% public platform. I love that. And I'd love you to share that a bit at the end as well. So those of us who are collectors, maybe as well as artists can jump in and maybe share with your audience. Uh, what is one piece of insider information that you can share with us about the private collecting world? What's one like, maybe something people don't know about private collecting? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's, uh, I think still comes back to understanding and realizing that there is no one stereotype collector. Um, and independent collectors exists to show the broad individuality of, of collecting art from all over the world. So you can spend even just 30 minutes on independent collectors and go through five or 10 features and you will discover the great diversity amongst collecting. And we really prove that there is no stereotype collector. Um, and additionally, we also have our, our project, the BMW Art Guide by Independent Collectors. And you can aid yourself with this fantastic guidebook to journey hundreds of publicly accessible collections globally. So you can actually go to these places and visit them uh, to see for yourselves. Um, and we're actually very excited to have commenced work on the, the next edition of our art guide. And we've just started to gather some input for this. So this is the art guide that you're working on. And when is that available? It will be available. So it, it, we have five editions that exist already. Um, so you can definitely get your hands on the current fifth guide, which exists um, as an ebook and as a printed guide. Um, you can go on to the independent collectors website, which links also to the website version of the art guide, the BMW art guide by independent collectors. And you can um, buy the book through our, our website. So the sixth edition will be available next year. I love it. So Georgie, this has been an incredible conversation. I want to bring it home for our listeners out there. What's one call to action or one thing our listeners could go out there and do right now that you want to share with them? Absolutely. Go on to independent collectors and 
use it as a resource to get to know collections. Um, as I said, if you want to, to find collectors, first of all, you need to know who's out there. So get to know your local collectors and do your research. I will most certainly be going on there. I will send you an email because I'd love to learn more about it. Yeah, so do. to great. all of you business artists, oh, I absolutely will. And I, I have a, a pretty interesting collection across uh, three different places in the world. So I'll, we'll, we'll learn more about that later. Um, I'd love to. And artists definitely do check it out. I'm going um, to share a little information about that as well at the end here. Um, to all of you business artists out there, Georgie has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective with you. You're definitely going to want to go back and take notes, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Georgie, you can follow her on Instagram at underscore Georgie Pope and visit www.the-ferrest.com. Georgie, could you give us the independent uh, or the art guides um, URL again one more time? Sure. So it's just bmw-art-guide.com. Got it. bmw-art-guide.com. Thank you so much for sharing that. Guys, as always, remember that we're Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. Anytime you're listening to the Artist Business Plan, we love when you share it in your stories, on your feed, however you want to. Uh, We also like it anytime you can go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those ratings and reviews are so helpful in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us and our guests on the internet. As always, I would like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And the quote is from an artist. It is, there is no must in art because art is free. And that is Wassily Kandinsky. Georgie, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful to you. Thanks for the invite. It's been a great conversation. And I really like what you guys do. Uh, You're very welcome. It was our pleasure. Thank you. And we're right back at you. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say. So follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.